Welcome to the Coach House Beacons. Do what's right. Those are the last four words of verse 13 in the book 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. It's a command, an encouragement and a warning all rolled into one. Hi, I'm Jamie and welcome to this Coach House Beacon. So these are the final six verses of Paul's second letter to the Thessalonians. The goal is encouragement to the end. In the closing verses, Paul is urging this fledgling church in the how-tos of the Christian faith. Christianity is lived out one Christian at a time, but it's also lived out simultaneously within a community of believers. Those who seek to live a life pleasing to God are encouraged by the hope of his peace. Serve God individually, keep a watchful eye on one another and enjoy the presence and peace of Jesus. It's personal. And as for you, brothers, never tire of doing what is right. Doing right is a personal matter. Doing what is right lies squarely on the shoulder of us as individuals. No matter what others do, you know what you have to do. If you know the difference between right and wrong, then you know what you need to do to please God. And God makes this personal. The Bible says, And as for you, brothers and sisters, never tire of doing what is right. He puts it firmly in our lap. This is similar to what we hear in Joshua as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord, Joshua 24, 15. We may not be able to speak for others, but we can speak for ourselves. We may not answer for others, but we will answer for ourselves. Therefore, our concern should be that we are doing right. Every Christian is judged on their individual service. We will all appear before the judgment seat of Christ by ourselves. No one will be there to provide covering fire. None will offer defence. It will just be us and the record of all our deeds. I don't know about you, but when I was little, I always used to try and blame other kids for what I did wrong. My parents used to say, if they jumped off the bridge, would you follow them too? Or if they stuck their head in the fire, would you think you could stick your, ha your head in the fire too? Well, the thing is, the lesson they were trying to get across was that we should act based on our own knowledge of right and wrong. That's what God is saying here. Doing what is right is not an option in the Christian faith. James says in verse 4, Anyone who knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it sins. It's not like doing right is a luxury enjoyed only by the super righteous. It is all our responsibility. When Paul says we are never to tire of doing right, he hints of the effort required to please God. It isn't always easy to do the right thing. Sometimes it means disagreeing with a friend. They might get angry with you if you refuse to cover their sin. It may require you to stand on principle. You could lose your employer's approval. You may have to choose between money and integrity. Doing right could mean you have to stand up against a bully for someone else. Whatever the price of doing right 
will be paid in the judgment. In the end, the cost of doing right will never be as high as the cost of doing wrong. Paul told the Galatians, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest, if we do not give up. Galatians 6 verse 9. He says here, never tire of doing what is right. Let's go back to verse 14 of Thessalonians. If anyone does not obey our instruction in this letter, take special note of him. Do not associate with him in order that he may be, feel ashamed. Yet do not regard him as your enemy, but warn him as a brother. Look around you. Observe the people you are associated with. Are they obedient in the word of God? We are known by the company we keep. People in the community ask, doesn't he go to your church? Sometimes is a good thing, but sometimes you have to hang your head and admit, yeah, he does. He's one of ours. Doing what is right is everyone's business. We should also keep our fellow brothers and sisters when we notice that maybe they have travelled off the tracks a bit. Let them know why you don't feel like you can't hang around with them. We are to warn them as brothers. We're supposed to do this. Brother, I hate to mention it, but I think I can help you with something. Don't just stop calling their house or inviting them over for Sunday roasts. Bring the sin to their attention. Pray with them. Talk to them about what the Bible says concerning their sin and give them a chance to change because that's all Jesus is going to do. Be careful with this though. Don't become a Pharisee. Don't let this go to your head and start acting like a foreign spy. Don't be overly critical of every little thing someone else does. Paul is talking about people who don't live by the Bible. We do this so as the goal is to restore others to full fellowship. In verse 16, which is like peace in troubled times, it says, Now may the Lord of peace himself give you the peace at all times and in every way. The Lord be with all of you. The Thessalonians lived in pretty troubled times. They faced the threat of persecution. They feared the danger of corrupt teaching. They knew the challenges of the Christian life. They struggled with one another and they struggled with their personal issues. It wasn't any easy for them to be Christians than it is for us. Isn't that encouraging? If it wasn't any easier for those who fleshed out Christianity in the first century, it isn't any harder for us in the 21st. You and I can enjoy the same peace they enjoyed. We too can have peace at all times. That's not pie in the sky theology, it's spiritual reality. Is it always easy? Never was. Is it possible? Always has been. How can we have peace in troubled times? We just need Jesus. We need the peace Jesus gives us. May the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way. We need to know his presence. We need to know he's near. The Lord be with all of you. We need to experience ancient truth in modern trials. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of the death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Psalm 23, 4. Jesus is with me. Jesus is the Lord of peace. 
He is never separated. We are never separated from his peace. We have Jesus with us. His peace is with us. If I do not feel his presence or his peace, all I have to do is ask. He will not refuse me. He has promised to give me peace at all times and in every way. I truly believe in this context, our hope of peace is dependent on our doing what is right. A person with a spirit-governed conscience cannot have peace while doing wrong. Bad deeds gnaw at them like mice on a cracker box. Paul's prayer is that the Lord's peace, like his presence, will attend those who keep his word. Each of us is responsible for doing what is right. We are also compelled to observe how other members of our Christian community live, whether they keep the strict scripture or not. If not, we are to try to bring them into a godly lifestyle. The passage closes with a prayer for the peace of Christ in every circumstance and a blessing of grace upon us all. It is by his grace that we enjoy his peace. Amen. Coach House Beacons, the Coach House Church Daily Devotional. To find out more, join us on Facebook, Instagram, or on our website at www.coachhousechurch.org.